Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Broadcasting from the heart of the I Work For Him nation to Christ followers working in cities all over the United States, you've tuned into the voice of the faith and work women. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We are. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you're able to either slip away for a little while and um, join us for this conversation or watch it a little later in the day and share it with your friends because I believe that what we're going to talk about today impacts everyone possibly that is connected to us through um, social media and online. And this is a conversation that you'll want to lean into. It's been four months and almost five months, depending on where you are in the country, but across the country, church buildings have been closed. And even when limited gatherings have been allowed, singing has been forbidden. In Nevada, it's okay to go to the casino, but churches remain closed. Is this the work of the enemy or... Has it been allowed by an almighty God? The same God that allowed the death of, of Stephen to scatter his church across the Roman Empire. The same God may have allowed this virus and restrictions to scatter the church across communities for them to see the significance of their ministry that Jesus called them to almost 2,000 years ago. In essence, small is big. And we are unleashing the power of intentionally small churches because that is what the law will allow. You may be asking, what does this have to do with I work for him? everything. The body of Christ has already been scattered across workplaces in America for centuries. It is only now that we are realizing the significance of this scattering. We are all called to our work and our homes to be a light to fight the darkness. Tony and Felicity Dale are experts in the small church movement and have seen it transform London in the 70s and 80s and are hoping from Austin, Texas, that this explosion of small churches in America will transform our great country back to the place where it was a great country and a shining light and a beacon to the world that it used to be. But it still is the greatest beacon. Tony Felicity Dale, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're glad to be back with you. You know, I don't want to make sure people say, you know, I don't want to make it sound like the, our country's not still the shining beacon of light in our world because it really is. We still are. Even in a, in the state that we're in, we are still a light around the globe, and that's what's fantastic. Tony and Felicity, today we're going to talk about the power of small churches. You guys wrote a great book, Small is Big, Unintentional. Unleashing the Power of Intentionally Small Churches. Did I get that right, Felicity? I want to make sure I said that right. Okay, good. I, I say it enough to think about that. But we're talking about the, this, the power of small churches and the impact of our community. But I wonder if you two would share something personal. Why did you become a Jesus follower? Hmm. I want to start on Jesus today. Tony, you start first, and then Felicity will follow in your steps. Well, I'm blessed with an incredible family heritage. Uh, my parents were missionaries. Uh, their parents before them were missionaries. Uh, and actually, you can take it back another generation before that. So sort of 100 plus years of service out in the Far East, uh, beginning in Singapore uh, and then through China and Taiwan and uh, now, uh, in a sense, to the utmost parts of the earth. So uh, I, I was uh, as close as one can be theologically, if I can put it that way. I was born into the family. Uh, and my parents tell me, I don't remember this, that at the age of three, uh, I no doubt did, you know, whatever, uh, you know, the young Christian does at, at a three-year-old level. And 
and said I wanted to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't really even remember a time in my life when I was not a Christ follower. What I do remember, though, uh, was uh, through my high school years uh, and my first uh, year or so of medical school, God was drawing me much closer to himself uh, at a place of real commitment that came at the beginning of my second year at medical school. Uh, and interestingly enough, coincided with where Felicity and I joined, as it were, in our story. So maybe you should share some of yours. Sure. Yes. So I was brought up in England, as you can probably tell by my accent, and in a, into a typically uh, Church of England type home, where it's kind of hard to describe. But, uh, you know, I went for years to church as a child without ever hearing the gospel that I remember. And so, uh, but I, but I um, you know, I was brought up to fear God. Um, I guess when I was about 11, uh, things came to a bit of a, a head in my life. I was very aware of things that I'd done wrong. And I, I wanted to know, well, how, is there any way I could start again? And fortuitously, I uh, pulled a book out of our library at school, which was written by a Christian author. And it was a very simple story, kind of similar to Heidi, um, but where, um, where the... Uh, the, the, the girl in the story becomes a Christian and explains very clearly how to do so. And so I remember uh, going down to the end of our yard where I had my own little secret hiding place and giving my life over to Jesus. And everything changed in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a profound joy come into my life. And, you know, at that moment, my world changed. Wow. I didn't know any other Christians. Um, I, I led the girl next door to the Lord within a few weeks, but we didn't we didn't have any clue how to grow. And it wasn't until I joined Tony at university that really I began to grow as a Christian. Well, that's amazing that, you know, God can intersect your life in such a way as an 11-year-old. And I hope that people are hearing that because, you know, we often think, you know, what program are people using, what, whatever that might be. And and um, the Lord has an amazing way of intersecting lives to hear the gospel message in unique and creative ways. So take us forward. I know together you guys, as Jim told people, you wrote the book, um, small is big, and have a, a real passion for small church. As your lives came together, where did God start speaking to you about the small church, the home church? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, England in the late 60s, when we met at medical school, uh, so for many of your listeners, they probably can hardly think back to the late 60s. They're probably thinking that's around about when Noah was on the earth. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, so a little bit after that. Um, uh, England was in a very, very poor state spiritually. Uh, maybe 2% of the population going to church in London where we were, maybe half a percent to 1%. In medical school, around about 1% of people, believers. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, this is an environment where being a Christian was really viewed as being weird, uh, particularly in a scientific institution like, you know, a high-powered British equivalent of Harvard or, or Yale type thing. Uh, and so, you know, into that context, uh, as God began working on us, 
he began developing a faith that something could happen in the medical school. And what was also happening all around the country was that the, the little fragments that were left of, shall we call it vibrant faith, uh, and there were pockets of people in every denomination, everything from Catholic to Brethren to Pentecostal to, to Anglican or Baptist or Methodist, little pockets of people desperately trying to hold on to faith in an environment that was not encouraging faith. And the Holy Spirit came down and began to touch all over the country. Hmm. So take us further then, Felicity, as you and, and Tony are having your faith challenged in medical school. You guys go on to start a, a, a doctor practice. You guys are working together. How did this small church movement impact London in the 70s and the, and the early 80s as you guys were part of that? Well, um, we, we, we started a, a small group in our home. Uh, we, we moved to a very poor area of London and... Um, we were in medical practice there and uh, got to know some people across the street who also remarkably happened to be Christians and we started meeting with them and others started joining us and um, that, that work grew to probably, I don't know, 150, 200, 300 people but all the time we had an emphasis on small groups so at one point we had 17 contiguous streets that had a small group meeting on there so, you know, when somebody became a Christian, it was easy to find out, well, where do you live? Let's, uh, you know, we can, we can plug you into a small group. Mm. And that was really the sort of foundation of what went on, much more, I think, than the, the big meetings that we had together uh, once, uh, once a week. Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in the mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manual are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore. Thanks for going digital. Tony, how would you, in your words, describe the small church? Well, that's a, a really great question. And I think the easiest way to answer that is to uh, use uh, Jesus's words. Uh, in Matthew 18, uh, he talks about where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Uh, and if you look at the context of that passage, it's actually talking about how do you handle discipline within a church? Uh, how, how do you help someone who's fallen into sin or having a problem of some sort. Uh, and so to me, it's very strategic that he describes handling a difficult situation. And he says, this is the, the, the Provence of the church. Uh, and oh, by the way, just two or three of you gathered in my name, that's church. Now, some people say, well, is that full church? Is that, well, let's put it this way. As a friend of ours said, it's not that when you have more people that you have more church. All you have is bigger church. Uh, and we began to understand that actually most of what you read in the New Testament sees church through a lens of the small. If you take the, the one another's of the New Testament, to love one another, to pray for one another, to bear one another's burdens, to teach and admonish one another, th these are all things you do in a small group. 
the, the, the New Testament lens for understanding church is, oh, and the church in Phoebe's house or the church in Nympha's house. Interesting, both ladies' names. Uh, and we, we see that uh, again and again in the New Testament. This is ordinary life in ordinary situations. It, it's not a special time in a special place led by special people, but it's you and I living our life out together for God. You know, and before I ask the next question, I just want to help people to make a better connection if they're not already. I would think people are leaning in already and going, hmm, that kind of sounds like what we're having to do right now in our own home. Um, My family can have church. I think for a lot of people, this is something we've never really even thought of. We've thought we have to go. We have to right. dress up. It doesn't have to, count unless you're You know, we have to morning. go somewhere and have a schedule in order to have church. And so one of the reasons that we wanted to have this conversation, and I'm excited about where it's going to go next, is that I don't want people to feel like they're handicapped right now, Jim, that, that we can't do church. A lot of people have been participating in their church online and things like that, but I know a lot of people, if they're like us, still struggle with the community aspect of it. And we miss people. We love to be together with people, but it doesn't mean we have to be with 300 people in order to have church. And I think that's a bottom line that we really want to uncover here um, and equip people with a little bit better. So are you dying to say something? Yeah, and I want to make sure we draw this correlation, Tony and Felicity, to the workplace, because prior to COVID-19, we had a million or more small churches in workplaces across America. And, And that's something that people never, ever could have a concept for until now that they've had 50 million small churches in America in homes across the country. I mean, it's a it's a different thing, but you've been well, well. Go ahead. Well, what do you mean? You're saying there were a million churches already in workplaces because, because Tony just said at churches where two or three are gathered. And Tony Dale, you got how many Christ followers do you have working in your companies? Uh, well, we have a lot, uh, and we also have a lot of people who aren't Christians. Right, but you have more than two or three uh, for either company, right? Uh, absolutely, we have a lot more than two or three. All right, so you've got uh, a couple of love, churches. We, we we can we can live what church is about, not hidden away in our buildings, okay, but openly before our friends and colleagues. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, just yesterday, I I was writing a blog because I was thinking through some of this stuff, uh, and I entitled it, Jesus Has Left the Building, Uh, because all of us, in a sense, church-wise, have been forced out of our buildings. Uh, But actually, what I go on to say is, Jesus probably hasn't been spending much time in those buildings for a long time. Because when we look at his life, he spent it all in the marketplace. He, he was there where people were living right. in the challenges of ordinary everyday life. Mm. That's right. That's great. You'll have to share that blog with us so we can share it with others. So um, I always love hearing those words. So Felicity, talk to us about what are the powerful features of a small church? What makes it stand up, st- set apart? Well, I think there are a number of things. Uh, first is the sort of depth of fellowship. You can you can really get to know one another. You know what's going on in each other's lives. You're not just sitting next to somebody on a Sunday morning for an hour, but um, you're really sharing the deep things that, that go on in your life. And so there's a depth of fellowship there mm-hmm. that I think makes a big difference. Another is that everybody takes part. It's not just somebody standing at the front of the building who can 
who who uh, runs everything, but everybody takes part. Everybody can share. You know, you have Bible study. Everybody's sharing what they're learning from from the Scripture. Prayer. Everybody can pray. Um, so there's a there's a huge participation element as well. I think too uh, that it it can be. Um, more evangelistic perhaps than uh than traditional church you know in traditional church you take somebody to church and you know they sit there through it and they've entered a very different sort of culture but you know we've had a couple of non-christians joining us we're meeting online at the moment and they're actually taking a real part sharing the concerns that are going on in their lives we're able to pray with them and um it's a, a very it really, really can involve unbelievers in a deep way. Mm. Uh, what else would you add to that, Tony? It looks like Tim's about to ask a question. Oh, no, go ahead. You answer your wife's question. You're responsible for <laughs> <to> her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know what is necessary for me to have a safe life. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Lord is giving us so many opportunities. You know, Felicity mentioned some of what's going on in our, our online uh, church, if you want to call it that, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a gathering over Zoom of some of us on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, one of them uh, is one of my employees uh, who uh, is also uh, very involved in some of the sports activities that I'm involved in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's lovely seeing a safe environment mm. for him to open up about some of the things that, you know, are going on in his own life. And, uh, you know, with the immensity of something like COVID, you often forget that if you bring this right down to that person, you know, in the cubicle next to you, uh, you have no idea what might be happening here. And, and, and in this young man's life, uh, someone very, very important to him recently died completely unexpectedly. Not of COVID. Uh, not, not of COVID, nothing to mm -hmm. do with COVID. Uh, but, you know, into that, now he's really seeking for the presence of God. Uh, and I think as believers, if we'll live our life out in the world, God so loved the world. Uh, and we should be out in that world, loving his world and helping them see the, the road to himself. Uh, that's so, I mean, it's just putting, Jesus said, hey, we got to love our neighbors as ourselves." I mean, it seems like a fairly simple thing to understand, yet some reason we struggle with that i'm not sure why we struggle with that but this has given us an opportunity like i said just like the death of stephen scattered the 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 church across the roman empire and got it out of jerusalem uh covid has really scattered the church across our country which has been fantastic and especially the part that it's scattered our workforce and it's actually made people long more for community even with their people at work uh, because i hear it from people like i'm i actually miss being in my office with people where i can interact with them People yeah. thought they'd never say, I miss my coworkers, you That's know, right. because you think uh, sometimes you're ready to get away from them at the end of the day, but it's good. We want to lean into those relationships. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. All right, now back to Tony and Felicity. All right, so I wanted to have this conversation because 
our paradigm has shifted. In the last five months, our paradigm has really shifted. I mean, last Sunday was the first time we'd actually been gathered as a, we go to a little church here in Fort Myers, Florida, and it got back together again the first time uh, this Sunday night since the beginning of March. So mm-hmm. almost five months, March, April, May, June, July. Yeah, five months. Unbelievable. For an outside service. For an outside service, which in Florida, in the middle of you know August, is fantastic. Just great, great weather. A <laughs> little them. risky when a hurricane might be coming, but that's, that's right. okay. We we endure. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to have this conversation because we're not coming back to big church anytime soon in this country. And I wanted to make sure I raised awareness, and you guys are the greatest advocates for small mm-hmm. church in the country that I know of. We need to just help people to understand the significance of their calling in their neighborhood, their calling in their workplace group, where most of the time, most of the work's being done, just like we're doing right now on a Zoom video. Talk to speak to that. And that's just a wide open um, question. But Felicity, just speak truth into people that all of a sudden are realizing, wow, God put me in this neighborhood on purpose. I I think that's true. You know, we we often talk about um, what, what what difference it makes when somebody like you, they move house or they, they, they move jobs, you know, it's not just random if they're a Christ follower, it's because God has something for them in, in that particular location. And uh, absolutely, you know, we're hearing stories from all around the world of how God is using Christians in this kind of context to reach out to their neighbors, their friends. Um, I think of uh, some people that we help in India and uh, they've been taking uh, food out to just into the villages. And I think they now have, is it two or 3,000 uh, Bible studies going on, exploratory Bible studies going on just as a result of wow. going out to help their neighbors. Yeah. So there's huge potential. And God is using, uh, God is using this situation all around the world. Mm. You know, you, you just said something that I think even myself I haven't thought of is that we forget as Americans that this is global, you know, that we are not the, so many times things are regional or something is happening and impacting a certain area, but our whole world has had impact from the situation that we're in right now with the, the um, pandemic. And, I, and yet God is using people creatively to use it as an opportunity to maybe meet people they've never met before, to spend um time, you know, via uh, technology to actually invest in their lives and to make a difference. So it's it doesn't have to stop us. Um, and I think that's one of the things I just want to for people to hear is that this, you just got to get creative and look for new opportunities to maybe reach out to people that you never paid attention to before. Tony, you look like you just can't wait to share your perspective <laughs> on this. Well, I, I, I was just thinking opportunities abound everywhere. Uh, for example, uh, Felicity and I have watched over the last uh, few evenings a, uh, an Amazon original series uh, called Walk With Me, When War Comes to Your Door. Mm. Uh, and it's actually a story of, uh, of wonderful people doing incredible work uh, in an orphanage in South Sudan. Uh, and I mean... Everything revolves around the presence of Jesus and how he's navigating them through the middle of a civil war. Uh, Now, you know, that happens to be their extraordinary circumstance. But for me, I watch that on Amazon. The first thing I do is I blog about it. Hmm. 
uh, because I want other people over here to watch and to think. Lord, I may not be in South Sudan, but I'm in America in the middle of a COVID epidemic. What does it mean for me to understand the walk with me? Uh, and, you know, something that comes out beautifully in that, that series is that these are such ordinary people in desperate circumstances with all the doubts and fears that you or I would have. Uh, and so we can go with the little bit that we have, our two loaves, uh, is it, and five fishes or something, uh, and, you know, be amazed at what God can build out of that. So, yes, there's incredible opportunity just in the ordinariness of our everyday lives. Hmm. So as we close out here in this last minute, let's just speak some encouragement very specifically to the listener. Felicity, just speak to those people that are thinking, I'm not qualified to start a small church in my home or a small group in my home. Let's not even call it small church, just a small group. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we, we're so used to church being run by professionals that, um, you know, that sort of pr uh, provides a barrier for us thinking, well, could I really do that? Mm -hmm. And actually, all you need to do is gather together a few friends. And we, we like to base what we do together on four simple things that come straight out of Acts chapter 2, where they came together for the apostles' doctrine, for fellowship, for breaking bread, and for prayers. Well, breaking bread may not be that easy to do, you know, in, in terms of sharing a meal. They shared a meal together. We can't share a meal necessarily, but we can, we can sure take communion. Um, but Apostles' Doctrine, we can come together for Bible study, uh, for fellowship, and for prayer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's super easy to do. The beauty of it, Tony Dale, we're on Facebook Live and not on the radio, so you still have time left. <laughs> uh, we have time left. <laughs> you, got time, you still got time left to share your perspective. on Speak, speak truth to the people. I know you're telling Felicity, you're running out of time, running out of time, but, you know, we're not on radio, <laughs> so we got a little bit of time left. Tony, speak to the people that are, that are looking at their workplace going, but how do I start my ministry at work mm. when I'm just on Zoom video? You know, if, if I was going to give uh, 20 seconds of advice, it would be write down www.house, the number two, house.com, house2house.com. And uh, it's a website Felicity and I have been involved with uh, over many years, have recently revived specifically because of the impact of COVID mm. to say to people, your house to house or your office to office, you can use and God will be amazed, you will be amazed at how God uses it through you. Tony and Felicity Dale, thanks for once again joining us on I Work For Him today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but so is our neighborhood. But ultimately, I, I work, work For, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.